Morning. We welcome you into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopped on C70. It's bad at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Redbird, A Medlock One on Twitter. I say good morning because we're recording this Saturday morning um, after the Cardinals have been eliminated from the postseason for a couple of days now. And we'll get into that. But first, we have some kind of personal news. Like you said, we're recording this Saturday morning. We often have been recording Friday mornings or Friday evenings. Um, but we've had a little bit of a change and Alan, if you want to just go right at it, go right ahead. <laughs> so Coach, Coach Redlock, go at it. <laughs> Let me collect myself. <laughs> go ahead. I didn't give you much of a, of an intro there. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I have a, have an audience in here too. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Let, let's, let's talk some baseball. Let, let's get my, okay. uh, let's get my blood flowing a little bit. All right, we'll 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 let that be a teaser then, and we'll get into the get into the game. Um, Cardinals play, uh, boy. I don't. You know, it's funny. I think that a lot of what I've seen, what I've felt, maybe what you felt um, about this um, about this game, about losing to the Dodgers in the ninth, has not been as intense or agonizing as maybe it would have been in other years. Um, I think you, it was a good game. I hate that the Cardinals lost, especially in that fashion, but it doesn't really feel like it was a huge surprise, maybe. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree with that, and that's that's well put. I was going to comment on how the I, – I don't know why. And this boy, this shoots low, and, and people aren't going to want to hear this, especially with what they think about uh, – I think their opinion toward the front office looks, but – I was. It was so nice to clinch that playoff spot. Like that was kind of the World Series for me this year, because, like we said, I, I held tight with I with the thought that I felt like there was going to be a run in them at some point this year that was going to be good baseball. I think it went unprecedented that that it may never be topped the run that they that they went on. Um, so when they clinched it after thinking that they're they're just dead in the water at several points in August, that that made it for me. You know, and I went in, I went in thinking, okay, let's, this, let's just hope this is a pitcher's duel. Let's just hope this plays out like it, uh, like we expect it to. And uh, let's just hope there's a good game, you know, one of those type situations. And, you know, the further along you went in the game and they failed to score in those situations, you kind of knew where it was coming. You know, you and I were texting and I had a group chat going with my friends. I said, they're going to lose in the ninth. I said that the Dodgers will score in the ninth. I said that's that's the that's the brutal part of this is they had opportunities and they just couldn't get it in. And I give a lot of credit to the Dodgers bullpen. Um, but but yeah, you're right. It wasn't as heartbreaking as I thought it would be. 
And I, I look back on that thinking, well, to me, to be able to get in and clinch that playoff spot was, was something special. Yeah, it, it, it did help. It also helped, again, like you said, you're going up against a 106-win Dodger team. It's not like a team... If they had played Milwaukee in the first first game, I think we would have had a lot more expectation of them to beat them in a one-game playoff or something like that, even with their good pitching staff and stuff, just because we've, you know, the Cardinals have played them. Um, and the teams were not that far apart. When you went into this game with the Dodgers, you knew that the Dodgers were town talented. We talked about this last week. I know a lot of people did. It was, you don't want to play the Dodgers in a five-game series, in part because of their pitching depth. Um, in part because they're a good team, you know, um, you get your best chance with, with Adam Wayne, right. And you'd beat them. So, um, so to play them very tough, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's toe to toe seems to be the, the phrase that gets used a lot, but it really is pretty accurate. I mean, that really felt like a, you know, kind of a heavyweight fight with people going back and forth and, you know, the Dodgers would get people on and the Cardinals would make a play and, um, the Cardinals would get people on and the Dodgers would make a play or make good pitches. Um, so the longer a game goes like that, the more likely the better team is going to win. And I think, you know, it may not be as much of a gap as 16 wins uh, as it looks like in the standings, but the Dodgers were the better team. I mean, they I mean, kind of some should be given the, the talent that they've, they've paid for. Um, so it, it was, that doesn't mean that it wasn't frustrating. And it doesn't mean that we can't second guess a lot of the things that went on, but I think it's given us a chance to just kind of move past a lot of those stages of grief to acceptance a lot faster. Cause I know there's been years that, you know, you might think about a game like that for two, three, four days. And it really was, you know, kind of at the moment um, there, even on Twitter, there was, a, there was some, there was frustration and there was some, there was a frustration more than anger, I guess it was kind of that, Yep, there it went. You know that kind of thing is. Uh, um, it didn't have that whole, well, anger component to it. I don't think that it would have had it at other times. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it seemed pretty subdued, which surprised me, and mm -hmm. that kind of makes me think that a lot of people are in the same kind of line of thought that we are. That uh, you know that run was so fun to watch, and it was probably the best two to three weeks of Cardinals baseball that we've had in a long time. That it was kind of worth it, and you knew that this was a crapshoot, and you knew what could happen, and uh, you could see throughout the game that you just blew some opportunities. Frustration is the best word, but you know, disappointment. I don't know if it was necessarily is, is common. Um, yeah, it, it was bad. I I feel really bad for some of the some of the pieces involved. You know, for Carpenter, for Reyes, you know, for for several guys. Um, there is a lot. There's a lot to walk away from and think, man, they have a chance to be really good next year. And that, I think that actually helps as well. It does. It does. I, I mean, there are options and we'll kind of talk a little bit. We don't really want to get in too much of the off season today because we've got other shows to do that. And we've got a long ways to go um, in, in regards to those decisions that need to be made. But um, you do look at this team and you could say, well, with a piece here and a piece there, and they may have to be, you know, notable pieces. Look, if the, Cardinals had had to play a five game series against the Dodgers. You have Adam Wainwright, but he can't pitch every day and getting another guy that you're really, really confident in, you know, going out and getting a, I don't know if you need a Max Scherzer, but something like that, somebody really, you know, you feel real confident in 
uh, would have made a lot of difference. Of course, you also have Jack Flaherty coming back next year, which would help as well. So, you know, short of the rotation and maybe a piece or so in the offense. And yeah, you don't have to necessarily just overhaul this team. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, young, old mix. You got a lot of things there. So that helps as well. It, it does not feel like this was the last hurrah for them. Uh, you know, next year, it might be a little bit more frustrating. We already know Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright are coming back. So we knew this wasn't the last of their story. Um, next year, we're pretty sure that it will be, you know, and if they go out in a, on a, on a disappointing or frustrating note, we might have a little bit more emotion to go with it just because of, of that. Um, but yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the game and um, Adam Wainwright was Adam Wainwright pretty much. Right. I mean, that's, pretty much what you expected to see out of it. And I know there was a little bit of hesitation for me for some others, you know, you kind of, you kind of build this up. It's like, well, is this what it lays the egg? We know we've seen Adam Wainwright pitch really well in the postseason. We've seen him, um, you know, get lit up a couple times in the postseason. Um, as he pointed out before the game, the games he pitches bad are the one that Cardinals win and the games he pitches well, they don't. And that kind of held up. So maybe he should have put those balls right down the middle, like he said he was going to. Um, but overall, you know, you watch him and you've watched him all season long with the fact that he's coming back next year. It's really hard to see him just falling off a cliff, right? He may not be this good, but he's going to be still pretty good next year. Yeah, I agree with that. And while we were talking, I was, I, and I've thought this for a while of you've got to, you, I think you need to go in expecting that, but I think that that expectation is about spot on of, you know he's going to be getting quality outs. It may not be as productive as it was this year, just because he's forty years old, you know. But right. but I, I think that you see what you're going to get, and you can kind of build on that. I I, I uh, yeah I would love to say that probably Flaherty starts a game one of any you know win or go home or or a series, but I don't know if I can confidently say that because you know Wainwright knows how to get people out. So that, I think that that it it's funny because I always made the comment about. Chris Carpenter or Matt Adam Wainwright being the best pitcher on the staff, but Carpenter was their ace, if that makes sense. And I kind of yeah. feel like that may be how Wainwright is now. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. This is that, you know, it, it, we've talked about it a lot about different things, but, you know, yeah, having that, having the good stuff doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best pitcher. Yeah. And that's what you're getting at, right? I mean, you know, it's the idea that you know how to use your stuff and that savvy, you know, that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it. And that, you know, maybe that's the segue, even though I kind of thought we might work through the game, but you know, that's maybe a segue to the end of it. Right. Cause we've talked a lot and Matt, Mike Schilt especially has talked a lot about Alex Reyes's stuff that it's, you know, really nasty stuff. And it is, but it seems to be that, he doesn't know how to use that to the best of his ability, at least not yet. Yeah, he was. He's really caught in between right now. Uh, the uh, it, the last, the second half of the season was really rough on him, and a lot of it was yeah. due to home runs, and a lot of those happened just seemed to happen after the walk episode against the Cubs. Um, and it, it, he never really recovered. And it, it's it's easy to make excuses because he just hasn't pitched consistently in you know four or five years, and I think that's going to get better. Um, I, I, there's a part of me that feels like he's miscast in the, in the bullpen a little bit, start figuring out how to lengthen him out. That's one thing we didn't see the whole time, even after 
the uh, we're going to stretch him out a little bit. And, you know, there was a couple, what were there, six two-inning appearances or something like that of the last? Um, one, two in September, three that went over an inning. Uh, I see another one in August. So, yeah, not and uh, before that, I don't think there was there yeah. one back in May, it looks like. A couple wow. of, yeah, not so, many, maybe six or seven, yeah. Yeah, well, nothing significant like we thought that we would, right. that we would see. And uh, I... I don't know why I cringed about this whenever Brian Anderson said it on the broadcast the other day. He said, uh, he goes, Reyes faltered, came down to earth a little bit in the second half, he said, but but teams in the Central are gearing up for him to be a quality closer next year. And I was like, man, I kind of hope that's that's not the mindset. I, I really hope that he gets a chance to pitch multiple innings and and, and pitch deep into games. And yeah, and I don't know. But but like just like I sent that message to you during the game. A lot of times, I just don't feel like he's been used well or correctly and put in put in situations to fail. Um, you knew Bellinger was going to run. That was that. I mean, the broadcast kept saying it. Bellinger was hey, that would that was going to be his second stolen base of the game. That he was going to run at some point. Right. So for him to steal that bag, it forced Reyes to throw strikes, and you know the slider hung and 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 uh, and uh, and Chris, what's his name, crushed it. And it's one of those to where he's just caught in between. He's afraid his movement's going to keep him out of the strike zone, so he's going direct with uh, – he's, he's leaving things over the plate because he's so worried about walking guys to throwing a ball in the dirt. And he's getting hurt by that. Um, and it's it's frustrating to watch because I've said all year that he's probably the best pitcher on the staff, but we we may not see it. And my, my biggest fear is that we're going to see Reyes' best in another uniform. That's uh... – a. Uh, well, that's fair. Um, you're right. It, it was the, it was the Braves that he walked the four guys against. Um, after that on August 5th, after that, he allowed seven yes. of his nine home runs. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. The blow up against the Cubs, but I got them confused. You're exactly right. Yeah. There were a couple of them this year. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, there is that weird, but there's also that thought as somebody pointed out, um, this week. And I don't think they, I don't know if they meant it this way or not, that they thought Alex Reyes was going to be the next Carlos Martinez. And I don't know. And again, I, let's, this, let's be clear. Carlos Martinez had a very good career with the Cardinals. Um, and was it also, and if, if, if Alex Reyes actually turned into Carlos Martinez, we, I think we, we should be pretty happy. Yeah. Especially. At this point. So let's get that. But I, in the way I took that, Carlos Martinez never quite lived up to the expectations that yeah. Cardinals had, Cardinals fans had for him, even for the front office had for him. Some of that was injury, which is, of course, Alex Reyes has had. Some of that was, and I think he's admitted it by now, it's just not a lack of focus, a lot of, a lack of, because we've heard Yadier Merlina say about, you know, he needs to focus more and blah, blah, blah. And, and Carlos has kind of said that. He said that, especially in the aftermath of the death of Oscar Tavares, but even afterwards. Um, so, and I'm not saying Alex Reyes doesn't have that. I, I mean, he, there's no doubt that he's worked very hard to get where he's at. He's had a lot of things in his life that, uh, you know, just to have him out there is a great thing, but you know, I, I still wonder if we're going to think about this guy that was the, you know, coming up in 2016, is this dominant starter and, think he's always going to be there and he's not ever going to get to that. I mean, here we are 2021. He's 
you know, he pitched 72 innings this year, which is well short of what they expected him to, or wanted him to show a pitch, but is like double what he's pitched in his career at the major league level. Um, he doesn't have a lot of experience at the big league level. If you're looking at that, but it's, you know, I don't want, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know that he's ever for, for the reasons not that are not tied to him ever going to be that guy that we thought he was going to be. And that's going to be a little bit of disappointment. Well, yeah, yeah. It, the, uh, and I could kind of agree with that a little bit. I think that there's more to the Carlos Martinez situation and why he was the, uh, why he was in the spotlight of so many issues, because I don't think that he was necessarily the best guy behind the scenes. And that that's yeah. just reading the yeah. tea leaves. I don't know anything. I think there's a lot of, I think it's really just, yeah, I think it's a flipping attitude with that. That was an issue. And I'm not so certain you get that with Reyes. Anybody could point to the punch in the wall as well. That that could blow that story of mine up, but I just don't, you don't read anywhere that he's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I think that, it, but as far as on the field, I could kind of see that a little bit, and that that concerns me. Um, I I want him to be put into six into a situation to succeed. You know, it's even before the season, it was a hey, we're gonna fit, we're gonna start him as the closer, but we have Gallegos and we have Cabrera who's gonna get a shot at this, and ultimately we're gonna start stretching him out to go multiple innings, and he's gonna be that type of reliever, and we're gonna build him up to start next year, and we didn't see any of those things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the only way that he didn't finish as a closer is when he blew up at reaching about the time that his uh, career inning limit was reached. Yep, yep. And it's one of those to where I just wish that they would commit to him. Um, you're going to have a lack of starting pitching next year. There, there's going to be rumblings about you adding someone. And I agree with that, that I think you do, but I think you got to go all in one way or the other and don't leave, don't leave him in the in the wind, you know, hanging on this, you know, I've heard he's going to the Dominican to pitch this off season. And I think that's, that's great. And I think that he needs to pitch as a starter's role, like Martinez did down there and go four to five to six innings at a shot and stretch our arm out and be ready to go in the spring. And, you know, don't worry about injury history at this point. You know, you've yeah. reached that limit to where if you get injured again, you're injured again. But, the, you know, just take the training wheels off and figure out how to handle this guy because you're looking at someone who could potentially be better than Jack Flaherty. And you talk about a rotation that could be really loaded if he was to reach potential next year. And that answers a lot of your pitching questions right there. But you're never going to figure that out if he doesn't know what he's going to be doing. Yeah, Reyes turned 27 in August, late August. Um so he'll be pitching his year 27 season next year. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you can't delay this much longer cause you're running, you're kind of running out of daylight with him. Right. I mean, not that he can't pitch till he's 35 or so, but if he's, if he's going to pitch till he's 35 or so, he kind of needs to figure it out by now. Um, you know, I agree. Uh, I, I think that there's a, there may be an, at least more names in that rotation mix than, than we're talking about. Um, and I still do believe that they need, because of the question marks that are with those names, they need to go out and get somebody. But I agree. You got to put uh, Reyes has got to figure out how not to walk people. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. But part of me feels like you can get by with those walks a little bit more as a starter. Yeah. I, um, yes. Yeah. It just, I mean, one, because, you know, as I, you know, I put out on Twitter after the game, you know, he allowed the last 10 of his inherited runners to score. I mean, he had to go back to April to see him strand a guy. Um, at least, if nothing else, it seemed like 
and we saw this, right? If he started an inning and he might put a runner on, but he wouldn't necessarily let them score. And if he can do that as a starter, but you know, once a reliever, if you do allow that run that you're kind of, kind of cooked, um, that's my, you know, that's my hope that he can get get that under control and be that kind of starter. Cause if he doesn't, he's not going to be much of a starter either. Cause he's not going to get past the fourth or fifth inning very much. If he's throwing that many pitches. Sure. Sure. That's, it's one of those that they're going to have to, his K to Walker issue was, was concerning. It was really bad in the second half of the season. And it's, it's one of those where he doesn't give up hard contact, you know, typically, and it's, or historically, I guess I should say. Well, unless, unless until he has to leave it in the middle of the plate. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I was going to say the homers, that, that changes that a little bit. And you think, oh, that's a guy that probably gets you some ground balls. That's probably going to get you a lot of double plays. And you have more room to work as a starter than you do under the pressure cooker of the back of the bullpen. I just never felt like that was a perfect match, especially when you have a guy that handles it so well like Gallegos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's... Once again, I, I have to go back and say we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, we don't have any clue. But I do feel like he's been mishandled. You know, it's it's interesting. And I thought this after – it's kind of kind of ties back with what you were saying there about, you know, after he walked all those guys against the Braves, then everything kind of really kind of started to fall apart, especially the home runs. His strikeout-to-walk ratio in the first half was be- was worse than it was in the second half. Um, he had a 1.69 in the first half. He had a 2.05 in the second half. That's small samples of whatever the case yeah. may be, but it kind of, to, to me, looked like in the second half, there were times where he was so focused on throwing a strike that he didn't worry about where that strike was, you know, and they hit it. Yeah. If, yes. if, if, if they didn't know where it was going and he didn't either, you know, he might walk some guys, but they didn't put anything in play. Yeah, he gave up 22 hits in the first half in 41.1 innings. He gave up 24 in 10 less innings uh, in the second half. Um, It just felt to me that once he started, you know, he was trying to throw strikes and by throwing strikes, he kind of threw in the middle of the plate. I I don't know heat maps and stuff like that. So I may be wrong, but that just seemed like the case when he started being concerned about walking people it didn't work so well, but he can't go out and wall people. I mean, that he kind of really got away with a lot in the first half um, by having that kind of walk rate. I mean, that's just not a, a key to success. So it's kind of a, you know, which way are you going to do? He's got to figure out the control, but he's got to figure out in a way that he's not worried about, you know, finding the middle of the plate. Sure. And it's, it's a situation in that where it's a building of confidence too. And the injuries have played a, a major part into this, and the fact that you probably can't promote, you can't demote your your all star closer, but those yeah. are some issues that probably need to be figured out in Memphis to go down to be able to dominate some guys to build your confidence back up, and then to come back up, and that just that wasn't going to be the case, you know. And that's and, and and that's another thing to kind of learn on the job type situation. I felt like that that probably played into the uh, the multiple inning reliever role that we just never saw, and that's that's the danger of putting a guy in that role is a lot of times those roles aren't necessary and they, and, and it's, it's tough. That's, I made the comment about Alex Reyes potentially being left off that division or the uh, wild card roster for this very reason. I didn't know if they trusted him. I didn't know if they trusted the walks. I don't think Schilt will ever say that because Schilt loves him. And, you know, and I, and I back Schilt on that play, but I did wonder if it was a situation where they felt like they could probably get five to six out of Wainwright with Flaherty coming on board 
you could probably bridge that gap a little bit better. And then you have the back of the four, the back four that you really trust, you know, and, and Garcia, Gallegos, uh, McFarland and Cabrera. And, uh, you know, and I kind of thought there was a potential for that kind of thing to happen, but I don't think they're going to play with his confidence on that. Uh, that that was my the overriding opinion. I think one, he's one of the best pitchers on the staff, but I don't think, and I I just don't think they're going to leave him off there to see what that does to the psyche. Yeah, and I mean, we saw they did not they did not do much with that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really. I mean, they had, they could have they could have emptied it out of completely out of starters and tried to put in relievers, and or they could have you know run a few taken a few more hitters, although. You know, there was no point. <laughs> this is a, you know, this is maybe our a a, a, a taste of what's cut, what's to come when the DH is there. But the Cardinals did not pinch hit anybody in that game. Paul DeYoung came in as part of a double switch, but he's the only bench guy that got used, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And it part of it says, speaks to that game. The pitcher spot only came up three times, and we could talk about that time, that second time, whenever, and the third time, of course, DeYoung had been double switched in that spot. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that you're right, though. The front office could tell Mike Schilt, look, this stuff doesn't work. This is why we can't do, you know, we don't, you know, and Mike Schilt's going to use him. And I don't, there came down to, and I was listening to Ben and Ben on the Cardinals off day, and they kind of broke it down. And it's like, okay, basically that decision is they wanted, you know, wanted a right-handed batter in there, right-handed pitcher in there. And it really came down to Reyes or Whitley. And I just can't imagine Mike Schilt putting the season in the hands of, of Cody Whitley, even though Cody Whitley had had an excellent season, uh-huh. had a lot of runs since he came back, and was probably the right choice. Yeah. I just can't imagine that they would have done that. You know, maybe it's because he thought Alex Reyes could handle losing the season and Cody Whitley wouldn't, but I just don't, it's like, that's our guy. And as much as Whitley has been good, he hasn't necessarily earned yeah. the trust factor. I mean, is that, is that, yeah. a is that you think? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, I'm almost more, <laughs> I'm almost more disappointed in everything right now than I was after the game, just by kind of breaking <laughs> it down and hearing that about some of the other bullets, because I mean, you know how I felt. I was just like, I just feel like Reyes has been mishandled and, and that's a, that's a perfect example. You know, I had forgotten about Whitley and I hadn't even included him in the, in the top, in the top five and you know, in the top four. And it's one of the, those situations where I did kind of scratch my head and in the circumstances didn't allow for it. But man, Cabrera is electric when he's on, and it's kind of tough yeah. to lose a game like that when he is not when he doesn't come into the game. You know, I, I I understand. I mean, how the usage and everything you just can't throw everybody, but but they just have a, a, a ton of good arms out there that that I didn't feel like showed up in some of the the top situations. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm pulling this up. I want to say that um, as Ben and Ben were talking that Taylor hits better against lefties, but Cabrera kind of has reverse. Play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Taylor hits much better against lefties than righties. Um, although most of his home runs have come off of right-handed pitchers. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, well, and I had read a quote about that. It's why they didn't go back to McFarland or to stay with McFarland mm-hmm. to uh, try to switch that up a little bit. But, you know, still, I don't, I don't know if that wouldn't have been the best play. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause looking at, 
looking at Cabrera after looking at McFarlane is a lot different, obviously. Yeah. You know, they're throwing from the same side, but, um, but if you did want to go with a right-hander again, it's, it's probably Cody Whitley, right? Yeah. But I just, I just, and if, if Cody Whitley allows that home run, I don't, you know, I don't know some people, not very many immediately would. Yeah. Would say, why aren't you using Reyes? Yeah. Um, but I don't. It, I, it, I think a lot of people understand maybe why you're not using Reyes too. Yeah, I, I agree, and I feel like I feel like the leader of the Reyes fan club here. But <laughs> but you know, I, I think about this too. If you don't walk Bellinger, things are a lot different. Yeah. And let's be honest. Just because Taylor's ball left the ballpark, that wasn't the worst part because Bellinger was scoring if it hit the grass yeah. anyway. So any hit that get left the infield, even with their outfield, he was going to score. So that was probably the, that that that's troublesome. But you do expect Reyes to get a strikeout in that situation, and and he didn't. So, well, and yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that McFarland walked Bellinger is the underrated problem with this whole thing. Because if he walk, if he gets Bellinger out, they get out of the inning, right? I mean, because it was two outs at the time. I mean. Bellinger wasn't two out. He would have been the second out, I think. And then they would have probably gotten the next guy. Um, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, Cody Bellinger has a good reputation. He has had a terrible year. And especially when you're a lefty going up against him there, I mean, you, you probably should have just thrown it down the middle of the plate because he wasn't going to do anything. Um, so to, to walk there that, yeah, that's almost one of those things that you've got to be punished for, <laughs> you know, baseball's going to punish you for it. And they did. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting because McFarland was, has been so good since the Cardinals got him, he and Garcia both, but you kind of saw at the end of the season, a little bit in September, a little chinks in the armor. And I don't know if that's because people are getting used to him, if they were getting tired or, or if they were just coming back to their norms or something like that. But it, you saw a little bit of that. And he saw a little bit of that, you know, again, that's that walk. I mean, McFarland got some outs in that game, but, you know, if he, if he got one more, they might still be playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. And it's uh, – I was reading up on – reading some articles before. Um, I read a lot of stuff, you know, Thursday morning, of course, but then I was trying to catch up on some things before we did it. And, you know, you hear that they're going to they're gonna approach – Garcia and McFarlane about uh, maybe coming back next year, but you wonder if that's the right move or if that, yeah. and if that's the situation to where you're like, okay, you're going to tell every reliever that, but, but you know that you may have caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. That's worries me. I mean, I, you know, Garcia obviously has very good stuff and they, and, and they, have, they made some significant changes for him, you know, on pitch, pitch selection and pitch mix um, that you could see that maybe that would carry over. But you also, you know, he's, and he's 35, I think. And, you know. Yeah, he, it's, 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 I, that's you exactly know. what I was looking at. Because he's a 34 or 35. That's another concern yeah. that I had. And McFarland's the same way. I, I feel like, you know, relievers are so hard to judge year to year anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're great one year and, and terrible the next. I would, I could live with them bringing those guys back. If it is on minimal contracts, so that they can let them go if necessary, um, because I would be surprised if both of those signed, if they both signed, that they would both be 
where we would be glad to have them by the end of <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think. yeah no i agree and it's it's i it, two things they're going to have a ton of guys you, you have helsley coming back you have yeah. you've got to figure out what to do with rondone you have you have a lot you have a lot of decisions to make about that big league bullpen you know and that that's what's it what's going to be tough on that uh, you know anyway um Another thing, it, you and I had talked about, and we talked about this at, at length, and I know everybody thinks this, bullpen is year to year. You know, that you're going to have some ups and downs, which what I, that's what makes me think what Gallegos has done for the Cardinals so special. And I feel like that may be a contract you need to sign because this is his third year of being highly effective. Mm-hmm. And you wonder if that's, you know, if that's not one of those career minor league relievers, that's going to be highly or major league relievers. That's going to be highly successful and a great piece. If you shouldn't lock him up, as opposed to bringing back some of these guys that you caught that caught fire for six weeks for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there may be, I don't, what's guy is gay arbitration this year, isn't he? Yeah. I, that, if, um, if it's not, I know that, that next year arbitration could be pretty ugly for the Cardinals. Um, but I think that he may be up this year. Let me pull it up. Let me, yeah, I'm pulling it up right here. But uh, no, he's he is. Yeah, he's Arb one this year. Oh, okay. It's so, his first year of arbitration this off season. So gotcha. Um, so that's yeah, a good play. You could ride that out for three more years, and I think that would be the yeah, best. Yeah, you could decision. buy out the arbitration years, and I think do it in a way that's yeah well enough. Um, granted, the track record with relievers signing long-term deals with the Cardinals. It's not great, but uh, yeah, you almost want to say, and guy Eggles is older than I thought he was too. He's 30. Yeah. Um, but at least by, you could at least get a two year deal. Yeah. You know, even if you didn't buy all three of those, your arbitration out, you, you give him a two year deal and you know, at the end of two years, either, you know, try to sign him again or you let him go. If you, if that's where you're at, you know, uh, you've also got Tyler O'Neill and Dakota Hudson that are up for arbitration this year for the first time. And then you have Justin Miller, technically, but he's going to be non-tendered. Yeah. Um, Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes, Harrison Bader, Jack Flaherty. So there's some, there's some arbitration guys this year. Um, according to um, roster resource, the Cardinals right now, and this counts, let me be able to check, but I'm pretty sure it does. It counts the um, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Yes, it counts the Yadier and Adam Wainwright contracts are already in here. Um, it has them at roughly $60 million lower than what they were this year. Um, in theory, that could be up a little bit too. So, because that was about where they were last year. I mean, so um, you're looking at 60, probably 60 to $70 million to play with. And I don't think those arbitration guys are going to take all that. No, 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 no. And I'm glad that was that was one of the things that I was going to talk about. And I know that we have the full off season and we have a schedule, and we'll speak ad nauseum on a lot of things. But I want to clear out a lot of the 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 financial stuff first, because even you know, friend of the show, Kyle, you know that it, we had some disagreements on that about what's actually going to be available and whatnot. And it is a uh, it'll be interesting to see how they utilize that. And it's, it's funny when you look at the roster resource pays and you look at the guys and you're thinking, okay, what's going to happen with some of them. And you listen to the off day podcast about, you know, who's going to come back in, in one of those, one of those, uh, one of those discussions that it's going to be a fun off season. I have a feeling it's probably going to be dark December. 
maybe even into some January with the CBA talk. But I feel like there's there's movement that we're starting to hear already that 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 leads me to believe that there's going to be quite a bit of baseball next year. And uh, my, I, I kind of skipped my point of I think that we need to go step by step on this offseason because a lot of things could change. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the you know, there's a ton of things that yeah. that could be different, you know. It, um, and a lot of different things are going to, you know, if they wound up trading Paul DeYoung for some reason, depending mm-hmm. on how much of that contract they had to eat, you know, he's making $6 million this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they could trade him and save $6 million, but, you know, that kind of stuff is out there too, so... I don't know, but yeah, you're right, and and we'll see. They they may not offer arbitration. I, I don't see any of those guys not being extended to arbitration. No, so. um, but it could be some like you say, long term contracts. Flaherty, Bader, both of those guys seem to be. If this is the Harrison Bader that we're actually going to get, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. No, I agree. I, I I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's the one that I think that we see extended this off season. I, I he. He's a stand-up guy. You see him out in front of the cameras a lot. You see him speaking a lot. You see him playing pretty well. I, I that's just the gut feeling I have. Yeah, they've they've liked Harrison Bader for a long time. Yeah. we talked about, we've talked about it a number of times. You know, he came out and modeled the the blue uniforms and things of that nature. Uh, kind of yeah. was that face of the franchise out on a lot of things that first after that first year of him, and then it had and that's kind of what the blowback has been on him because he they put him out there and then of course he didn't hit very much. Um, but if he's found something, if this, if the Jeff Albert system is finally kicking in, if you will, um, I think you got to lock him up. I mean, yeah. especially at some sort of reasonable deal, because you know, and I, I, I honestly, I, I think I do a long term contract on Tyler O'Neill too, because I don't think this is a. I'm not saying he's going to be player of the month every time, but I think that I think we've seen that <laughs> O'Neill and Bader can be solid contributors if not all stars and that's worth you know some call certainty yeah no i agree with that and i and o'neill's second half of the season may make arbitration pretty ugly for you um you know i think that that's something you're gonna have to consider and make it a long-term outfield with all three of them because the three outfielders that you're hanging your hat on all had good years we would be speaking a lot about carlson if it wasn't for o'neill's season yeah. You know what I mean? That's that, because here we're thinking, ah, you know, maybe a little bit of a disappointment, but he put up some strong numbers for a guy that only played, you know, 40 to 50 games last year. Um, yeah, he also put up a whole lot of those numbers after we said that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And it's one of those to where they have, they have a chance to be in the gold glove conversation with at least two of the outfielders this year, which I think one, at least one will win it. And I think Carlson's a real good right fielder. I think if he's out there a full year, then I think you're going to be really, really good. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing. That's what, and I think that is maybe underrated a bit on why this team was fun to watch when it was going well. And even when it wasn't to some degree, you could at least get that kind of a happiness out of it because that defense is all the way around outstanding, right? I mean, where you're going to see, good plays on a regular basis from pretty much anybody out there um, out of the starting lineup. Um, even when they took out Edmundo Sosa, you know, Paul DeYoung may have saved the game in the eighth. Yeah. With that catch. yeah. Um, you know, we saw the outfielders go flying around and, and seeing how many balls don't drop because of that, of they catching them. 
Uh, and the the balls that look like they're pretty easy that they wouldn't be. No, there was that there was that clip that was floating around on um, the morning of the game that showed Adam Wainwright against Trey Turner, and because Trey Turner was had like a hit in every game against Adam Wainwright and had seven or eight hits, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying in, in yeah. his career. And you watch that video, and it's like, why are these balls dropping? And then you look, it's like, well, that's because Marcelo Zuna is out there. Uh-huh. That's Nick Fowler in center field. That's Matt Carpenter playing third base. Those balls don't drop now. You know, those balls are, are caught with this outfield, oh, the, yes. the defense that we have now. And just to see that transition over the last two years is is pretty amazing. And I think something we could easily take for granted because we see them catch it. And it's like, okay, it's an easy fly ball where it really wasn't with the, you know, the former guys out there. Sure. I'm completely guilty of at one point in the preseason, and even early in the season of thinking that Harrison Bader was an, was an overrated outfielder uh-huh. until you saw him come back. Cause when he came back, they looked like a completely different team. I was, and I was thinking, and I love Carlson and, you know, I'm on record as saying Carlson can play center field, but he's not a center fielder. Um, but man, and it showed. Whenever, uh, not that Carlson was bad. I'm just saying, Bader was just so electric and covers so much ground. I mean, it's crazy. And it you put it into place, and I feel like that's when things really started rolling defensively for them was when he came back. Yeah, I think that, because you're right. I mean, Carlson can play center field and do it well, but he can't play it to the level that Bader does. And that just makes the other two guys even much better. You yeah. know, I mean, they don't have to cover as much around which O'Neill could cover plenty of room too. Um, and Carlson could focus on his section of, and, uh, of the outfield. Um, yeah, that's, you know, and that's what the Cardinals have been, right? Pitching and defense forever, really. I mean, they've had hitters, obviously. You know, they had the MVP, MV3s, and they've had McGuire, and they've had, you know, even go back to mutual stuff. But when the Cardinals have won, it feels like, over the last two decades especially it's been pitching a defense and then offense that supplements it. And that's why, I mean, if you look at this offense right now, it's like you put, if you have a healthy Flaherty and a, a Wainwright, that's something like he was this year. And you put another top starter with those guys, that team has a chance to be electric, right? I mean, yeah. just even just that, I mean, even if you didn't do anything else to this team, which I think they probably will, but this offense is enough and this defense is strong enough that all you have to do is, you know, get guys that'll, you know, let them put the ball in play. And, you know, this, I think that like we said earlier, I think that's why you're a little bit not as disappointed because this didn't feel like this almost feels like the beginning of something rather than the end of it. Like we've had the last couple of years. No, I completely agree. I mean, I just wish Arenado would have been, would have lived up to the hype, you know, <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I, that's another guy I didn't give enough credit. Don't get me wrong. I knew he was a stud coming in. I didn't know he was the game changer that he is. I mean, his, his fortitude to throw balls to second on plays is, uh, it's unparalleled. It's unreal to, to watch him fill the position. But no, I agree with you. There was a there was an element of the Cardinals season that looked like it could go the route that the Padres actually had gone. To where you 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 had that huge offseason, but things just did not go together for you. You know, and that was a concern of mine. I was thinking, okay, maybe the pieces don't fit in this roster is is more trouble than than uh, than I than I've than we've thought. 
you know, one of those type of situations. But then everything started to come together. And then you're right. You're thinking, okay, now your outfield's in place. Now, now Edmund looks like a really good second baseman. And your infield's really, really good. And you're going to have multiple gold glove winners. And what's the next step? Or is this, is this the first phase of, hey, next year, these guys are going to be really tough. And now everything, all the pieces have started to fall into place. I mean, that's, that, it, it's exciting right now. And I think that, that was part of the, the cushioning of the, the softening of the blow a little bit to, to losing in the one game playoff. Yeah. Cause it felt like last year we kind of felt like they needed to do a few things, right? You know, they needed to do this, needed to do that. And then they pretty much spent all winter not doing any of it. Yeah. Um, until they got the, you know, well, it, the, it, they it, are not right well, now. yeah. And we were content with Edmund as the third baseman. You know, if you, you were like, okay, we, we, we could probably survive with this type of deal. Now they're going to have to figure some stuff up. Well, that was kind of blown up right away because, uh, well, not necessarily. Because if you remember, I remember having Jeff Jones on one. And we had the conversation of second base is going to be a combination of Sosa and Rondon. And uh, we'll, uh, and they'll, they'll figure it out from there. And that was just because the, the, first, the first shoe to drop in the offseason was Wong. So we had the longest time to talk about that before the yeah. Arnado deal. So then that kind of changed things. So, yeah, you're exactly right. I remember we were kind of thinking that Edmund was going to hold down third and we would just figure it out till Gorman gets there. And, and uh, that was the conversation at this point last year. And and that didn't happen. But now that does lead to more offseason talk that we're trying to avoid. But Edmund kind of staked his claim as the second baseman. But they have somebody coming that that – I. I have a hard time believing it's coming up as a straight, straight DH, you know, type deal. So yeah. it could be exciting. It, it, and I think that Tommy Edmund is a guy, and again, maybe it's because I've listened to Ben Humphreys enough, um, that does create some different thoughts, right? I mean, because on the one hand, he led, the, he led the league in doubles, or real close. On the other hand, he got more at bats than just about anybody. You know, um, he still doesn't walk. Um, he, he his glove is there. There's no doubt about it. I did think that I heard John Rooney say that the Cardinals didn't lose anything when they let Colton Wong go. I I don't think that that's true, but it but it's close. It's closer than we thought, and and for the prices and stuff like that, maybe. I just you start to think, you know, what would this team have been if they had just brought back Colton Wong? Um, and the, what he brought to say with it. I mean, do you think it would have made that a difference? One, he wouldn't have been doing it for Milwaukee. Um, but would that have been enough? Or do you think the difference between him and, and Edmund just really isn't that much? I completely believe that the difference between Edmund and, and Wong isn't, isn't, isn't significant. I, I mean, I, I like Edmund as yeah. a player. I mean, that, yeah. and I, I think that he's he's a winning player, and I think he's going to help you. I think there's always going to be questions about him as a leadoff guy. For like you're yeah. saying, he just doesn't walk that much. And there's times – I mean, heck, he was three for five the other night. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that's yeah. it, it's leads the league in doubles. And, I mean, what here's what I don't like. To me, there's home runs and then there's doubles. And those are, those are huge stats. Right. I can't stand that they get blown up by, uh, by other things. You know that 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 are necessarily, it's good. It's a it's not easy to see. You know, type deal. Right. And and right. that that really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess Tommy didn't. He must have he must have fallen just short of leading the league in doubles. Um, He's either tied or one behind, though, right? 
There's no one behind because it's black. I'm looking at his baseball reference and he doesn't have the black ink that uh, yeah. he does for like at, at bats. He led the league at, at bats. Um, yeah, I think there's, I mean, his OPS plus is a little bit below average, but it's also one of those things that if the outfits around him is, is good enough and they use him right, then he, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about the leadoff fight. And I wonder, we saw Harrison Bader get that in one of the last games, right? Was it the, the Saturday game against the Cubs that Bader let off? If this is the new Bader, quote quote new Bader, is that does that become a little bit more of an option for him to be the leadoff guy, um, because of everything that he brings, the speed and the power and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know what I I that's a, a direction that I would like to see them go because I I kind of feel like the Dodgers, the Giants, the Rays, to where they don't necessarily have the set lineup per se. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of a lot of moving parts, and I think that Bader and Edmund would benefit from those type moves, you know, to where you know it's against let, let's say he they both hit lefties fairly well, so right. that would that would be a tough switch up, but uh, but yeah, I agree with that. I think there needs to be now. I think there needs to be some more movement of the lineup based around Arnado, Goldschmidt, and O'Neill, and I feel like there needs to be a deeper bench situation to where you have more playable pieces than you do now, than just your, your specialists in, in certain areas. I think that they've kind of been lapped in that. And that's tough for me to say, because I am a same nine play every day type situ- type person, but I can just see that the game's changed enough to where you have to have depth more than anything else. And, and part of that is also the players that they've gotten, like, Paul Goldschmidt is a guy that plays 162. Yeah. He's not going to sit, but a handful of games. Nolan Ardotto is only going to sit a couple handful of games. You don't want those guys to sit much. Um, you know, maybe they could do more in the outfield, but you're right. They got to have some, you know, Newt Bar kind of came along a little bit at the end of the year. And, you know, if they could get a, a, a pretty solid fourth outfielder that you don't feel, but, you know, it felt like you were having such a drop off anytime you took any of those yeah. outfielders out. Yeah. Um, and especially since they were hurt for a lot of the year that, you know, you didn't get the chance to kind of just rotate them. You, you know, if they'd been out for two months, you wanted to play them as much as you could afterwards. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. They definitely need to improve that bench. Yeah. I mean, it's just nothing else. And that, and that probably means letting these guys play a little bit more just to stay fresh. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was, it was like, you know, everybody's excited about Juan Yepes being added to this roster and it, he probably immediately became the best guy off the bench and he'd never taken in a major league at bat. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that was, of course, I also didn't understand why they added him because I could not come up with a situation other than a blowout that he would have actually made an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially unless you're hitting for it, unless he's pinch hitting in the second or third. I, I had kind of thought yeah. the same thing. The, um, it, it, it's, it's funny because you see the Do- the Dodgers bench, they bring up, they bring up now. Not every team has this, but they bring in Taylor, to, you know, mm-hmm. and w- who ultimately hit the hit the bomb. Well, he can play six or seven different positions for them. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals had a left handed hitting pinch hitter off the bench in Carpenter, a right handed handed hitting pinch hitter option that terrible or bad defensively in Rondone Kisner, then one of the younger Sosa all year. You know, that's pretty much all they had all, all season long. 
it's not a lot of plug and play pieces when you need somebody for more than a pinch hit opportunity. And I, I kind of feel that's what I mean by I kind of feel like they're lapped in 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 roster makeup a little bit because they're just not nearly as deep as some of these teams. And honestly, I think that's what makes the difference in some of these 100 win teams and what the Cardinals did. Yeah. I mean, Chris Taylor was an all-star this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's coming off the bench to, you know, pinch hit. And he had done that. Well, I, I think he pinched it even when in St. Louis when they played last time. Yeah. Around. And um, I, and I, I know that he wasn't hitting well before this and that it's funny that they can afford to make that decision, even with arguably their best power hitter, not playing, you know, yeah. and still an all-star set. I mean, that shows you how deep they were. Yeah. And he's played pretty much almost every position. It looks like, um, except for maybe first um, you look at his numbers there and that's, yeah. I mean, if you could have a guy that could do that and that's what we wanted to see out of Tommy Edmonds, yeah. right? I mean, not that Tommy Edmonds necessarily to that, you know, all-star level, but still that idea that, you know, you have good enough players that makes a guy that's starting for you now, a bench guy. Um, and maybe that's, maybe they do that with Nolan Gorman, at some point in time, you know, Gorman's the main starter and, and it frees up Edmund to be that flexibility. Cause there was, I mean, was Gorman on the taxi squad that they had? I can't remember. I, I know Plummer was. Yeah. I don't believe so. Okay. I there feel like that would have been a bigger headline. Probably. Uh, although the taxi squad, I don't, I really didn't. I mean, I didn't know why there was a taxi squad for one game playoff, you know? Yeah. And like they were going to use them throughout the playoffs. And that was one thing, but you know, it's like you, can't use these guys. What I mean, they're just hanging around, which is cool. I mean, they get to hang out. Yeah. But I didn't understand why there was a named a taxi squad for a a winner take all game. But anyway, um, I you know there was some discussion when Sosa got hurt if he was going to go half on the DL that Gorman might get the call there. So I think that I'm not saying I don't know that Gorman starts the year next year in St. Louis. But I don't think they go get a second baseman because he's that close. I think that they might get a shortstop and then Sosa and Edmund can play second until Gorman comes up. And then, yeah. you know, so maybe Sosa is the, you know, infield kind of guy and, and Edmund has kind of roams. Yeah. I, I wonder about that as well. Is I think that you're going to see, if not on opening day, before Memorial Day, you're going to see Gorman and Libertor, and that that's that adds, you know that that adds to adds a few questions to what their approach will be in the offseason as well. Because what does that? I mean, I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to bring him up just to DH every day, and they might. I don't know, but I do wonder how if we're going to start hearing some some rumblings about Edmund playing more shortstop. I, don't, I mean, uh, hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I what mean, I mean, I can tell that your gut reaction is that he can't play there. No, I don't. I mean, I think he can play there. There's no yeah. doubt. I mean, we've we talked about it beforehand. Yeah, and we would have before the emergence of Edmundo Sosa. We were talking about him doing that mm-hmm. for Paul DeYoung because Paul DeYoung over the last couple of years really felt like he needed some time off, and you know now there's the whole trying to figure out what we have with Paul Dio. Yeah. That's a story that we can talk about some other time. But so Edmund can play that, but I do wonder with DeYoung and with Sosa, assuming they don't go out. And again, there are what four really good shortstops. I mean, like 
elite shortstops on the market this year. And just because you have a guy that can play shortstop shouldn't keep you from being in that market. Um, we saw that, and the Cardinals have said they didn't go after Max Scherzer because they weren't sure where they would put him, and now they regret it. It's the Dodgers' philosophy. Get your quality, get your talent, sort it out from there. And so I'd really like to see them, and I, you know, Trevor Story is probably going to be the guy that they're going to focus on the most. But if they don't do that, then yeah, I could see some Edmund getting some time over at short. But you're still looking at Paul DeYoung and you're looking at Edmundo Sosa and how do you divide that 162 games up between three players? Um, so yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just don't know that – I don't know how many opportunities there will be for that. Well, and it, it, part of mine, it, that went with the thought that Either Sosa or DeYoung would not be with the club next year. Uh, That's kind of what I was thinking. So, you know, and if the Cardinals sign one of those big guys, one of those guys is not going to be on the next year. I think that's safe to say. They're not going to have three quote unquote shortstops because Sosa could play. And I guess DeYoung could probably have places too, but. You know, I don't, they're not gonna have three of those guys on a on a roster like that. No, I agree, and it it's one of those where I I will go out on a limb and say, let's just say they they get in the Trevor Story market. If they were to do that and bring him in, I don't think you would see DeYoung or Sosa back. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. I because I think that that's where Gorman is looming. Because mm-hmm. I think that I think you worry about getting being too right handed as it is, and to bring in a guy that's going to be another middle of the order right-handed bat for you as a shortstop. I just don't think you have a lot of room. And I think that they'll have to be creative on how they make those moves and then alleviate that with the pinch hitter of Edmund or pinch hitter switch hitter of Edmund and the left-handed and hitting Gorman. Oh, it could be, could be. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what they do moves wise this year. I mean, in theory, they don't have to do a whole lot, but it does feel like that, that that kind of situation. If they sign somebody, they're gonna to have to make some trades, or they may have to make some trades anyway. You know, uh, you know. But what what value does did Edmundo Sosa raise his value enough to be a trade piece? And do you trade him because you don't think he's gonna do that again? You know, um, does somebody buy low on Paul DeYoung? Um, you know some of the other things like that. I don't think the Cardinals on, we've talked a lot in the past, but you know, I can't see the Cardinals trading either one of any of those outfielders. Yeah. Um, So, you know, what are, you know, and I don't know that they have, you know, you know, but you know, you start looking at the pitching and and where does that, what does that look like? When Levertor comes up, you you mentioned that, do you think Levertor comes up as a starter or is he one of those, does he follow the Adam Wainwright path? And is it like a couple inning, couple innings reliever, this year and a starter next year or the, you know, 22 and 23. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those to where I keep thinking that they expect him to be a long-term starter and want to get him right away. Kind of like the Hudson situation, you know, that, uh, you know, this year there was, yeah, he could work in the bullpen for us, you know, next year and potentially the, uh, uh, the playoffs, which that was the case, but he didn't throw, but it's funny that, uh, you know, we hear that, that he's going to come back. He's really going to help this bullpen out. But they were stretching him out to almost 90 pitches from the beginning. Yeah. You know, he, I, you, I'm you, i not so certain that I don't think he's – he probably starts a division series game. 
And and yeah. I think that that's probably what you get for with a the Libertor. It's a we're going rotation. We're going all the way, and we're going to utilize. We're going to get the most of him right away. So the right now, the Cardinals have Flaherty. They have Wainwright. <laughs> they have Michaelis. They have Hudson. They have. Is that it? Am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, it seems. Like, yeah, and there, there's so many. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean there's, there's those four for sure. Yeah, you've got Oviedo that could be in that mix. Yeah, I never did hear what happened to his ball cap. Yeah, I didn't either. Thing. I never heard about that. But I don't know if they they would probably like to have him start in Memphis again yeah. next year. I guess you've got Libertor in that mix. Um, but again, he was good at Memphis, but not necessarily good enough that they wouldn't necessarily start him down there again. Um, yeah, Woodford. I mean, you have. I mean, yeah, Woodford, Woodford pushed it. Woodford made a case that yeah. he can be a decent big league starter. It does, and, and I mean, of course, you're losing because it feels like they're not going to try to resign KK. Um, and I, you know, there's some talk about resigning Hap or Lester. I don't know that I'm when you look at the, what they've got, yeah. I don't know if either I, one of those guys is that much better. I, do, I um, get the feeling that Lester probably retires. I know that we've talked yeah, about that. I that's, I, I don't know. That, that's just my gut feeling. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've kind of gotten that feel too. I really kind of expect him to, to walk it off. Um, honestly, you know, both of those guys are kind of like with the reliever, right. That we were talking about, they may have been able to kind of come over and, you know, the defense helped them and being new to the league type of thing helped them. And, but you don't know how far that goes in 2022. I'm no. not sure that I would be that excited. I think that with all the other guys they've got out there, if they could get, you know, we talked about it, if they could get a, I don't know about a Scherzer, but somebody of that nature or so, some sort of number one, number two starter, you know, then they can wait on Oviedo and Libertor. Yeah. Barring injuries and stuff like that. Um, and not necessarily have that issue of, you know, what are we going to do this year? Even if somebody went down, yeah, they should be able to cover that. I mean, two or three of them go down, then that's always a situation. But that's going to be the case anyway. I, mean, I think there are very few teams that can handle like two thirds of their rotation, go, you know, two or three guys of their rotation going out. Yeah. Um, so, I would, I would much rather give, see them. I, I think you run into a trap of if this were to happen and you kind of have a rotation that had some of the same issues that you had this year that you're looking back thinking, man, I wish we kind of had a J Hap type to throw strikes. But I would rather see them give Reyes a chance than bring back Hap. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was the other guy we were kind of missing, right? We were if you we were looking at Reyes as part of the rotation, which they are. Yeah, that's in that mix too. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and I think. I think that if they want, if they get to part of the year and they need a J J Hap or a Lester type, they can find one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's usually some veteran guy that's kind of on his last legs that you know could revitalize with a change of scenery or and especially with the defense that they could potentially have. Right, right, and the ballpark that they will be pitching in, assuming that the balls don't come in, which yeah, that's a different story for a different time, but. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, last thing about the wild card game, we 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 probably should talk a little bit about it. I think it was probably the most debatable decision that Schilt made until the Reyes move. Um, 
Adam Wainwright comes up in, he pitched, what, five innings, five good innings. They had Reyes warming up then, which might have been at least a little bit more yeah. palatable. Um, two outs, Bader gets plunked, so he's on first. In a 1-1 game. Bat, yeah, In a 1-1 game, in a winner-take-all game, and Wainwright bats for himself. Yeah. Now, I get that your odds are pretty long, even with anybody off that bench, of something happening. Um, but I also think that if you are so borderline on Wainwright that he leaves after a, a nubber in the top of the sixth, you got to do something there, right? I mean, because uh, yeah, you could try to. I mean, they were running. You steal Harrison Bader, and then you know who knows. You know, I don't know if it was Ben Carpenter or Duke Bar or whoever would have come in. You know, Flair's one out there. You might have your run, and that might be all you needed. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I thought the same thing, and I was glad to see that it was Newbar that had the helmet on, uh, just because I felt like you may run into something here. And with the speed on the bases, you get a run across. Well, then that kind of changes things. Absolutely. And and I, I mean, and it's one of those to where I'm not saying he's always going to throw a competitive a bat up. Uh, Wainwright did, but it was still a strikeout. You know what I mean? And you're just like, you, you just feel you feel beat the whole time with that. And it's like that's that one could hurt because I feel like in the in any playoff situation, you have to strike when you get the chance. And I feel like they kind of missed the, missed one. Yeah, and I hate that for Wainwright. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can get, I can understand the thinking that okay, a run would be good here, but I'm not really sure how we keep that run. You know, yeah. that, that Wainwright's our best chance of keeping them off the board. That's maybe not what I would do, but defensible somewhat. But then. You've got to commit to him at least pitching the sixth, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The same situation. He's not getting hit. Exactly. Just, and this is just a byline. The same situation hurt Charlie Morton yesterday. The exact same situation. But go ahead. I mean, it's, I mean, I feel like the playoffs, you just have to move a little quicker. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, listening to Ben and Ben, you know, and and they're right. This was a, one of those things Matheny did all the time. It drove us crazy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the guy would hit in the bottom of the inning and then, you know, he'd just get blown up in the next inning or, you know, they'd take him out like after a, an out or something like that. Or so occasionally he wouldn't even pitch. You know, I think there was a couple times where the batter hit and pitcher hit and then didn't actually pitch the next inning. Um, but uh, and there was some indication, you know, that maybe Yadier Molino was a little bit more, you know, that Schilt may not have necessarily wanted to make that move. Uh, and maybe that's part of what was going on. He was going to let him go. But I just, I was a little bit surprised. I know the situation is tough and I know you don't want to run the risk of letting things unravel. Yeah. But it was, a, it was what? It was just like a swinging bunt that, and I forgot whoever it was now, you know, you've got one out, you've got a runner on and Wainwright still looks as good as he did. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I'd have to look at it again. Maybe it was third time through and stuff like that. And maybe there was a lot of extra to it, but if that's all the case, you got to hit for him because you know, that's going to come up. Even if, you know, even if there isn't a, um, you know, even if there isn't a hit, even if, you know, that's, you're still going to have those, those risks. So 
I'm not really sure what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the tough one. And that's why it's so easy to second guess, but I've watched the playoffs throughout the, throughout the rest of the way. And those decisions are made fast and it's always the hit for the guy. You know, that, that's where it gets disappointing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's where you just, yeah. But again, the Cardinals had opportunities plenty of times to, uh, yeah, that's, that's what killed them without a doubt. Well, I guess it, it was the fact that I guess that maybe they didn't want Justin Turner to hit against Adam Wainwright again. But again, at best, it's two outs in the sixth. Yeah, and you know, if you don't want Turner to hit against, just just pinch it for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was tough. So, it was, but you know, you put it in the back. You're in the rearview mirror. We'll, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about about the Cardinals going forward, and we'll have some time to talk about that. Alan and I have plans to do most of the winter. Uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, probably keeping our regular routine for October and two or three shows in November, a couple shows in December. And then hopefully uh, we'll line up our, our run of guests that we had this last year and get them on um, maybe starting either end of December, beginning of January, run us all the way through till opening day next year. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, don't, don't plan on going anywhere, but all that uh, now that we've gone an hour on, let's get back to what we started with at the beginning. Alan, you want to you want to hit them with your news? I do. So I've made a life changing event. It happened. Well, I, I'm I'm rambling. I'm excited about this. Just, just uh, hey, ramble. It's fine. The, uh, after 20 years of medical sales, I will I will be leaving the industry, and I'm actually taking over a high school baseball program here in Tulsa that has fallen on some tough times. They have more state championships than any other Tulsa public schools school and program, I guess I should say. And they have trouble getting some kids out. They have trouble keeping kids eligible and they just have trouble with general interest. They've gone through a few coaches that, that have done well, but uh, just they couldn't see themselves staying in the situation. The athletic department and their administration reached out to me in the summer uh, they actually talked to me last year, but due to COVID and some situations that I had at home, it just wasn't the, the right move to make. Um, while finishing up my master's uh, should come next summer. I was looking at some different opportunities and, and things fell into place. I'll be taking over. I have officially taken over as head coach at Tulsa Nathan, Nathan Hale on Monday. So we'll see how it goes. Yep, that's uh, that's it's really exciting. I think to to have you in there. And um, if any of y'all are listening and you have um, strategic tips for Alan, um, <laughs> I'll need him. A Medlock one on the Twitters. Um, you know, just just drop him all that information that he, you know, and then you can watch you can watch the Nathan Hale games maybe if they'll stream them and you can then yeah yell at the manager. Yeah, we um, need interest and in and I'm just going to warn you any. Any coaching tip or tips to uh, to improve kids' grades will be followed up with a uh, booster club sign up for some money <laughs> to go to the program. So it's a win win. <laughs> a win win for you, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really exciting. Um, it does mean that Alan's schedule is a little bit more fixed than it was beforehand. And so. Um, that means our, our Friday morning recordings are not as likely to happen. Occasionally still will. Um, but you're more likely to see these shows drop in the evenings, either on Thursday or Fridays or 
occasionally Saturday morning, like you are here. So um, if you're not subscribed, just go ahead and subscribe because that may be the easiest thing. If you're follow the follow us, follow the um, show's Twitter account at Meet Me Unusual. Um, you know, we always put the links up there. Um, so we will be, you know, we will be pretty regular, and you still be able to find us probably. Um, it just may not be at the at the exact same time you've been expecting. So, um, and while you're at it, if you want to go ahead and rate and review us over there at the, at the, wherever you're doing it at, whether it's Apple podcasts or, or Google or whatever. Um, I don't think we've had any reviews in a while. And, uh, it's even though our audience has grown this year and we're thankful for that, uh, you know, reviews and things like that can help it grow even farther. So, uh, we appreciate that. Appreciate all y'all listening. Um, and, uh, for, Coach Medlock. <laughs> uh, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Shooter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's a winner. That's a winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals.